Welcome to Cowboy Church with your host, Russ Weaver and Susie McIntyre. So sit back and enjoy some good singing, some great testimony, and some good preaching. Welcome to Cowboy Church. Hey, I'm Russ Weaver. And I'm Aubrey Bullock-Nieper. And we're back here in North Carolina at the Cowboy Church's Roundup Revival. And today we have Pastor Willie Pickard with us. Willie, we're, we're glad to have you here. And so we're setting up for the service. You're going to be preaching here in just a little while. So don't start preaching right now. It's okay. I'll but give us, <laughs> give us a kind of a little nutshell of where you're going to go with this today. All right. I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 4. And the thrust of the message is contentment. Are you content with what you have, and especially where you're at with the Lord? Well, that's a pretty good question. How, how about you, Aubrey? You you content here? I am. Sometimes it's hard <laughs> to be content, but <laughs> I am uh, glad to be here and happy to be here. And I, di I didn't tell her I was going to ask her that question. <laughs> I, I like to do that. <laughs> So today we're going to learn a lot about a contentment. We've, we've been talking about it. I'm looking forward to the, your message, Willie. And, and uh, some of my favorite parts of the Bible are going to, you're going to be using for your scripture. And I'm not going to let you in on what that is quite yet. <laughs> but when, we, when it's over, we're going to talk about my favorite verse. Okay. I just want you to know that. <laughs> so get you a cup of coffee, get in your favorite relaxed chair. You know, when you go to regular church, you have to sit on whatever they provide, but you're at home, you can sit in your, your <laughs> recliner, you can enjoy Cowboy Church right where you're at. We will be right back, don't go anywhere. Little Jenny steps off the school bus, tears are Penny says, don't you worry, there's plenty other blue-eyed boys in the sea. And if it's meant to be, it'll all work out. Don't let this drag you down. Life ain't always a bowl full of cherries. Once in a while it gets a little messy. That's when you learn the lessons that make you strong. stars line up and all cave in so you trust God for things you can't control hang on for the ride cause baby that's life years later that blue eyed boy and his wife Jenny start Just when it all seemed right, he got laid off down at the factory. Jenny just hooks his neck, looked him in the eye and said, Life ain't always a bowl full of cherries. Once in a while it gets a little messy. That's when you learn the lessons that make you strong. Sometimes fate don't make no sense How the stars line up and 
song um, is one of my, I say this, I say all the time about every song, one of my favorite songs, but this song is truly um, one of my, um, one of the songs that's most special to me. I sing at a lot of cowboy churches, and sometimes we're in beautiful indoor arenas like this. Sometimes we're in um, old churches. Sometimes we're out in parks. Sometimes we're in people's houses. Sometimes we're in sail barns or stockyards or um, rodeo arenas. It's just it's amazing that it doesn't matter. God says in the Bible, it doesn't matter. We're two or, it's, he says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also. And he doesn't care about how fancy of a building we're in. And he doesn't care about the shoes you show up in. And he doesn't care about the car you drove up in. All God cares about is that we gather together with fellow believers and that we we come together and we fellowship and we we worship him and we we just come to his throne and praise him. Um, so this song is called Where Jesus Is. Jesus is 
Thankful to be here tonight with y'all or this evening with y'all. And I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 4 in just a few minutes. And I want to look at something that Paul speaks about here. But you know what? How many of y'all, if you're getting older like me, maybe talking with your parents and especially probably your grandparents, you realized how, in our mind, how rougher they had it than you had growing up. You know, uh, and I'd read an article that I thought was pretty interesting, and this article talked about how the human heart really hasn't changed, but things that were considered luxuries years ago are now considered necessities today. And just a couple of things, it said in the year 1900, 90% of our country's households did not have electricity, a stove, or a telephone. 1915, 90% of the families in our country did not own an automobile. In 1930, 90% didn't own a refrigerator or a washing machine. In 45, 90% didn't have air conditioning inside their homes. In 1960, 90% didn't own a dishwasher or a TV. In 75, 90% didn't have a microwave. In 1990, 90% of the people didn't own a cell phone or have access to the internet. But today, 
at least 90% of the United States has electricity, a stove, a washing machine, an automobile, color TV, air conditioning, dishwasher, internet, and cell phones, but we still don't have enough. We still don't have enough in our minds anyway. We don't have enough. And, and Paul speaks about the difference in being content in our life. And I'd heard where one economist, and he said this tongue-in-cheek, but it's true. He says, uh, the, the economic health of our country depends on the cultivation of discontent. And you think about it when you watch a commercial, what it is. Your truck ain't good enough. You need this new truck. Or, you know, what you have isn't good enough. You need this. And that's so true. But Paul speaks about being content. And I want to look at what Paul says about that. But before I do, I want to read you this poem. And you think about this and see if you can relate to this. Because I sure could. The, this uh, guy, Jason Lehman, wrote this poem. And it says, it was spring, but it was summer I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was autumn I wanted. The colorful leaves and the cool, dry air. It was autumn, but it was winter I wanted, the beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was winter, but it was spring I wanted, the warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood I wanted, the freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted, to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 I wanted, the youth and the spirit. Then I retired and it was middle age I wanted, the presence of mind without limitations. My life is now nearing the end and I never got what I wanted. And Paul in Philippians chapter four, I'm gonna read verses 10 through 14. He speaks about the subject of contentment, you know, and he informs us that he has found the secret to this rather elusive virtue. Let me read Philippians chapter four, verses 10 through 14 here. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, you have done well that you did communicate with my affliction. So I want to look at four things here, four words, four principles that captures uh, this challenging virtue called contentment. And the first word is gratitude. There in a, you know, we should appreciate what we have. And Paul, in verse 4, I didn't read, but in verse 4, he told the Philippians that they should rejoice to the Lord always. And then here in verse 10, I read, he says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Paul was practicing what he taught. He had told them that they should rejoice. And if you've read Paul's epistles, thankfulness, contentment is a big part of what he teaches. And you might think, well, how in the world could Paul rejoice in the Lord greatly? If you know the background to, to Philippians, he was under house arrest. He was in a house chained between two guards all day. I'm sure he had a meager meal. Things were not the best. And he was confined. 
And he says here, but, to re but I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Paul focused on the things that God had given him. He focused on those things. And so what do you focus on here in life? If you're like me, sometimes I have to have a pep talk with myself. And I know you're always told you're not, it's all right to talk to yourself, but you're not supposed to answer yourself. But I answer myself quite a bit. So that might say a little bit about me. But still, at times, I can have a pity party about things. And then I know, and I know what's wrong. The Holy Spirit tells me it's wrong. And so I'm like, Willie, straighten up here. Through Jesus Christ, you're a son of the king. You're blessed with a lot of things. Quit whining, get up, and quit having this spirit of discontent. And so I have to, I have to pep talk myself, you know, because it's true. I don't need to be a whiner. I don't need to be this type person. Well, Paul here, he says, I'm rejoicing. I'm in prison, but I'm rejoicing. And look what he rejoiced over here. He says that now at the last, your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. You know, the Philippians here, they had helped Paul quite a few times in the past. And now if you go on and read at the end of this section, you read about a man by the name of Epiditus who's brought Paul money. You know, here he is, he's confined, he's having to do these things, and he brings him money to help him. And Paul says that now at the last your care hath of me hath flourished. You know, I think it's interesting. You go back and read the Word of God. Adam and Eve was in a perfect garden. They had everything. And then Satan comes along, who was not happy with what he had. So he deals with them, and he gets them to be discontent with what they have. And, of course, that started the whole mess that we're in right now. But notice here's Paul in a prison... But here, some folks from Philippian, the Philippian church in Philippi, they've come along and they've gave him something. And Paul says, your care of me hath flourished. And that, as it sounds like, that Greek word speaks of flowers blooming. And so here Paul is in a prison, the irony here, here he is in a prison, and because of their gift, it's turned into a garden. Where Adam and Eve were in a garden, and they felt like they were in a prison. So here he is, he says, your care of me hath flourished. And he, he, you know, we should appreciate what we have. And we need to keep our mind on those things. You know, but what do we want to do? We want to look around. Yeah, I'm happy with what I have, but man, look what he has. You know, look what the Lord's done for him. No, we should be happy with what we have. You know, Pastor Russ said not last night, and I thought it was interesting. He was talking about, he had talked about money, and he had talked about how the Lord did not want us all to be rich because some of us couldn't handle it. And he's so right about that. I thought before, when I was 18 to 20 years old, if I would have been really gifted physically and like maybe played basketball or football, at my state of mind then, if I would have signed a million-dollar contract with somebody, I would have went absolutely crazy with that money, the where I was. God has things lined up for us, and I hope you know most of all, of course, when we think of blessing, 
in our Western culture, our Western society, we think blessing, that means money. You know, that means money, blessing. No, it can, but that is not the main meaning to it. I hope you know God's ultimate purpose for you and me, of course, he wants each one of us to come to him through Jesus Christ. He wants to give us eternal life. But then his ultimate goal for you and I is, as, he, as Paul says in Romans chapter 12, he wants to make us more like Jesus. That's his ultimate goal for you and I. And so he will use different means to do that. Whether, they're, whether we think they're good or bad, he's going to use these means to bring us and to mold us more like his perfect son, Jesus Christ. How many of you were like me when you were young? Sometimes you just thought your mom and dad was the meanest people you ever knew. They were just so bad to you sometimes. I grew up on a dairy farm. And so we had to come in and milk cows every evening, whether we wanted to or not. And, you know, a lot of my buddies from school, they were off goofing off after school. I had to come home and work. And I just thought at times that was so bad. But as I got older and more mature, I realized yeah, they needed help around the farm, but there was a purpose in that. It was to teach me how to work. It was to teach me to be responsible. God has a plan for you and I, just like if we were little kids. He's trying to mold us. He's trying to make us more like his perfect son. And so if we would learn to appreciate whatever we have, then we're well on the road to learn contentment here. And so... Paul wants us to truly be thankful and gracious for these things that we have. But notice the second thing is responsibility. We should apply whatever we learn. In verse 11, he says, Not that I, that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And where he says, for I have learned here, this word, this Greek word speaks about You've learned something through experience over time. It wasn't like it just popped in his mind. It wasn't like the moment he got saved, all of a sudden he was content. This is something you learn in your Christian life as you walk with the Lord. And, and Paul had to learn these things, and that's what he's saying. This is what I've learned. Hey, I'm, I'm so glad you brought in that verse that uh, we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me because I know in my own life, I like to rope and I keep telling myself, I can do this, I can do this, but that's not really what it's meaning, is it? <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> if you watch every week, there'll be something here that will help the way that you live. And especially today, those of you who are in situations you didn't want to be in. You know, some of you are watching from uh, your bedroom because you can't get out, you can't get to church. And some of you are watching from places that that you didn't want to be or you're in situations you didn't want to be in and, and your family's falling apart and going all kinds of different directions. But I want to tell you, there's a mindset that God can allow you to have when you draw into him and, and he, will, he will keep you. That it's possible for us to be contented under the most adverse and worst circumstances. So stay, stay hooked, you guys, stay hooked. We thank you for watching Cowboy Church. Thank you for your finances, especially. Thank you for your uh, cards, your letters, your, your words of encouragement to us. May God bless you, and we will see you next week.